Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 14. And we're going to start in verse 19. Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 19. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. And however, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas for Derby. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together, to worship you together. But then, Father, to open your word and to understand in our hearts that that as we open your word, that it is truth, that you are truth. And your faithfulness could let it be nothing else. And so, Father, we just ask that you would bless this time. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but please, please leave those Bibles open. We're going to jump around a little bit today. Um, How many of you have a a favorite devotional? One that you, yeah, you uh, kind of waking up with, with if you you read it in the morning and... and, uh, um, if you didn't have that devotional in the morning, it would be like starting the day without a cup of coffee. Um, you know, it just just doesn't work right. And so I I have one that that is is a favorite one of of mine, a, a favorite devotional. It's called the the uh, disciplines for an inner life. But um, I'm I'm kind of off again, on again with it. I'll take this one and go and and read this for for a while or go through it all the way and then come back and do something else but I always seem to you know come back with with this one it's uh, a lot of good stuff in here but I'm, I wanted to read you um, a bit of, of devotion that that um, I had had uh, read before on this that kind of kind of said it's, it said something to, to my heart and um, let me let me read this to you it says next, you must remember that our God has all knowledge and all wisdom, and that therefore it is very possible He may guide you into paths wherein He knows great blessings are awaiting you, but which to the short-sighted human eyes around you seem sure to result in confusion and loss. You must recognize the fact that God's thoughts are not as man's thoughts or his ways as man's ways, and that he who knows the end of things from the beginning alone can judge of what the results of any course of action may be. You must therefore realize that his very love for you may perhaps lead you to run counter to the loving wishes 
of even your dearest friends. Um, it's a it's an interesting thing to to think about when you when you read a read a devotional such as that. It's it's talking about putting your trust in God. It, it's talking about that that folks, what we see is is so many times we can't see be the, beyond the end of our nose that we have to come to a realization that maybe just maybe God sees much more than we see and that maybe there is something that that he sees and a plan that that he's moving us to that does not does not take into account our comfort i i said uh, a couple of weeks ago, something about um, what what does God care about with us? Does He care about our our comfort, or does He care about our character? I hate to be the bearer of bad news to you, but He cares a lot more about your character than He does about your comfort. And and if He has to drag you through something in order to build that character, but to be for His glory, guess where you're going you're going to go through those trials and tribulations. You're going to go through the tough times. And when you do so, it's it's not because he's looking for our comfort, but but that he is looking to, to work in us, through us, that our character would build, that the relationship that we have with God, um, the relationship that we have with him would would grow, even though sometimes it's difficult, even though sometimes it it doesn't make the most sense in the world. It's because he can see beyond those things. Maybe not not even just doubting yourself, doubting yourself that that maybe maybe he knows more than us. Just just a thought. Maybe God really knows a lot more about what we're about to go through than we do. Do we trust Him? You see, that's that trust factor. It's it's easy to claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior when things are good. But it's when things are not good. And and it's it's when you almost have to... No, you don't almost have to do it. It's when you put your life into His hands. And 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 what the prayer is is Lord bring me through this. You know we we have um, um, we we have there's a common misconception about about the the scripture that that says for in all things give thanks. It doesn't say for all things give thanks. It says in all things give thanks. And the reason that it says that is that because your trust is in Him and it doesn't matter what you're going through because in whatever you're going through, He's there. And you can give thanks in all things that that you're going through. See, He doesn't leave us. He doesn't always take us around the problems. In fact, more often than not, He doesn't take us around the problems. He drags us through the middle of the problems. Because there is so much to learn in the middle of, of these problems. Even when it says in that, in that devotion where it says, and running counter to the wishes of your dearest friends. 
That's tough. That's difficult. When your friends are sitting there saying, why are you going through this? Why, are, are, why is this happening? You know, if you would just... If you weren't such one of those believers, maybe life would be a little easier for you. If you didn't take and put your head on the chopping block, maybe someone wouldn't take it off all the time. Maybe you wouldn't always have to be refastening this. It's difficult. It's difficult when your friends don't understand a love of Christ. It's even more difficult when family doesn't understand the love of Christ. When they look at your faith in Christ and, and they say that it's more of a pastime, maybe you'll get over it. And it's not that. It's a life. But you're running counter to what, to what rather than having support, you're, you don't have the support through your family. You know, in, in what I read this morning, do you think that, that Paul was questioning God when he was dodging stones? Do you think that as they were, as they were grabbing a hold of Paul and they were dragging him out in front of the city, that, that he was starting to question what, what he was doing? Do you think maybe he said, why am I putting my head on the chopping block here? Do you think he did that? You know, I've told you before that that, um, the Jews would get riled up as as Paul would would preach Jesus in the synagogue, and and it's happened time and time and time again. This goes beyond that. He wasn't in a synagogue. He was preaching in in the open. And and what would normally happen is is that when he would preach in a synagogue, they would riot up against him and they would chase him out of town. And, you know, sometimes it would take a couple of days. This, this, this wasn't the same. This is much different. This, this hatred, this hatred that the Jews had for Paul was intense. This is an intense hatred. And Paul and Barnabas were in Lystra, and there weren't that many Jews there. Very few. There were so few there that they didn't even build a synagogue. And so the people that he was preaching to were, were Gentiles. But the, but the Jews that were starting this trouble, these Jews that came in and they incited a riot, were, weren't even from um, Lystra. They were, they were from Antioch and Iconium. And they followed them to Lystra. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a, whew, we got him out of our town, no, they followed him. They wanted to make sure that as this message was, was not going to get out. This goes beyond a hatred for Paul and, and for Barnabas. Folks, this is a hatred of the gospel. It is a hatred of Christianity. It is a hatred for Jesus Christ. An absolute hatred. Flip over in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 2. Verses 14 through 16. You know what's neat about going through Acts? It's because then you could go into all the other books and the apostles that, that, that Paul had written. 
and, and, and put things together. Acts is sort of like the, the road map and, and of all the things that, that, that he did and what he went through, but, but the rest of the epistles are telling you what he was thinking. That's second, in 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 14 through 16, it says, For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they do not please God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they may be saved. And so as always, to fill up the measure of their sin, but wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. They, they hated the gospel so much that they didn't even want the Gentiles to hear it. And they hated the Gentiles too. And they just didn't want them to hear the gospel. This hatred was so, so strong. Hatred is, is one of the strongest emotions, is the strongest emotion. It makes people do things that they just normally, they normally wouldn't do. It's hard to understand this, this kind of hatred. It's hard to understand it. But listen to me. And I know a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, there was, um, a couple of men who were who landed in federal court. Um, what what had happened is that they had a uh, an employee of the year banquet for school teachers, and and the dinner itself was held off campus. And these two guys had prayed for the meal, and then the ACLU got involved, and before you knew it. These two guys ended up in federal court because they prayed. Um, again, you know, and, and, and being this time of year, we're coming up on, on uh, um, Christmas. You're going to start seeing it all again. It's going to start being in the news again about, about the, the different nativity scenes that are having to be taken down because... Someone might be offended that that there's a nativity scene out there. We can run all kinds of garbage on television. You can run nudity on television. You can cuss all you want in television. But don't you dare, don't you dare put a nativity scene out there. You know, this is, you're going to start seeing this and it happens every year. But folks, it doesn't just happen at Christmas time. You notice that because it gets reported. You notice it because there's a nativity scene that someone wants to have not taken down. You start seeing things in, in schools. Um, people, not a bunch of people, it's usually one family. It's usually one person that, that will stir it up. And, and understand what you're looking at here. Understand what, what is happening. Some people will say this thing that it's a separation of church and state and blah, 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 blah. That's, that's what they like to claim it as. Actually, folks, what it is, and the problems that we have as, as Christians is sometimes we don't like to call it like it is. Sometimes we like to be nice. 
Let's not offend anybody. But folks, actually what you're looking at is not a separation of church and state. What you're looking at is a hatred of Christianity. A hatred of the gospel. A hatred of Jesus Christ. That's really what this is all about. Don't be afraid to call it what it is. Because that's what it, that's exactly what it is. They wouldn't do that to another faith, would they? No, they would not. Because they have rights. See, these Jews, they, they came from Iconium and, and Antioch and they persuaded the multitudes that were there. And, and in other words, what they did is they incited a riot. A riot that Paul and, and Barnabas um, had to contend with. And they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of the city and they left him for dead. Now, listen, pay attention to me here because I'm going to change oars in the middle of the stream, uh, uh, boats in the middle of the stream. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to change the subject here for a moment because I got to. I got to. I got to take this away from the hatred of Christianity to, to give you this because this is so cool. This is so good. But they took Paul out and they stoned him. They stoned him. And, and they, they dragged him out, out into the city. They stoned him some more and they left him there. They left him there for dead. Now, folks... They executed him. Okay? You ever been hit by a stone? Hurts. And when you have a whole group of people that just keep stoning you and stoning you and stoning, it is a form of execution. And that's what they did. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were still in, in chapter 14, they wanted to do sacrifices to Paul and to Barnabas. You remember this group? These are the people that wanted to sacrifice to him because they were gods. But the Jews came in and got them all stirred up. And then they wanted to, <laughs> they wanted them to be the sacrifice rather than sacrificing to them. And they stoned Paul and they left him out on the road in front of the city. And they left him for dead. Kind of sounds like Jesus as he rides into the, into the city. And they hail him as king. And the next day they crucify him. Hmm. It, it kind of shows you the depravity of, of human nature and how fickle we can be. But now, now listen. Picture this. Paul laying dead in the street after the stoning. Okay? There he is. Did you ever see Beetle Bailey after Sard beat him up? That, all that? Laying there. He's laying there in the street. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20. Back in Acts 14, verse 20. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. <laughs> hey, was Paul dead? I don't know. Can't really say for, for sure but to tell you the honest truth, folks, I think he was. I think Paul was dead. They had stoned him to death. But but his his disciples, they gathered around him. And, and you know they just didn't sit there and look at him. You know that they prayed for him. They prayed for him. 
And then all of a sudden, as it says in, in verse 20, he gets up, he walks into town, and the next day he takes off and goes to Derby. That's a miracle. Come on. You got all these people that are stoning him and, and they, and they, they leave him there for dead. See, it was a miracle. And, and I don't think that Paul knew, believe me, because we're going to go, turn in your Bibles to, to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians um, 12, 1 through 5. I don't think Paul knew if he was dead or not. I don't think he knew. And this, this kind, of, kind of proves that. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 5. And, it's, and it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. But I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or, or whether out of the body I do not know. God knows. And such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of body, I, I do not know. But God knows. God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast. Yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. It, it fits. Folks, from the, from the time that, that it was written in 2 Corinthians going back to the time when Paul was in Lystra, it fits. It fits. The timeline fits. He knew a man. Yes, he was the man. He was the man that that came to the third heaven. He was the man who came into paradise. And what could he say about it? Nothing. It was inexpressible. It was unlawful for a man to utter the words. Folks, I, I, I have to stop at that point and i got to say, folks, do you know what's waiting on the other side? We look at persecution on this side, but do you know what's on the other side? It is so glorious on the other side that even Paul didn't have the words for it. Didn't have the words. And if you can find a preacher that you just take his breath away and he has nothing to say, wow! It just doesn't happen. But heaven does. Paradise does. Paradise will take your breath away. Paul saw heaven. He saw it. And it's indescribable. <laughs> yet all he can say is, I do think, or, yet in all of this that he says, it's just inexpressible. I, I think, and I do, I believe that Paul was dead. And I do believe that heaven itself is totally indescribable. I believe it is. Folks, there, there is so much that is waiting for us. And sometimes we get hung up and we can't, we can't express what it is that we're looking for because we get tied up in the, in the, in the persecution that we may feel in, in, in this life. Oh, folks, this life is nothing in comparison to what is waiting for us. In the two of them, there, there is just, there is just no comparison. But 
All right, let's look at what Paul does after this attack. Okay, I'm... Oh, Lord, Lord, <laughs> you know, folks, sometimes you just got to take the time to look at what's waiting. You do. Sometimes you just got to stop and look because it's awesome. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that. Oh, folks, it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, back. Go to verses 21 and 22. This is what Paul did. He gets up the next day and he goes to Derby. Telling you. Miracles. Miracles. In verse, in verse 21 it says, and, and when they had preached the gospel in that city, which was Derby, and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. It's going to happen. The tribulations are there. The tribulations are going to continue. But Lord, He's given us this opportunity. And I might have been dead yesterday, but I'm alive today. And not only did he go on to Derby and to preach into Derby, but then he went back and he followed his footsteps in Iconium and Antioch. And he shored up the faith in those cities where he'd already been. You see, strengthening the souls of the disciples. They didn't quit. They didn't quit. Look over in first oh, I'm sorry, Second Timothy. Second Timothy. 3, 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 12. And it says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Folks, the persecution is going to be there. But you remember, you remember what goes on here. You remember Scripture. You remember Jesus Christ. You remember what happened to Paul and, and just the inexpressible vision that he had of what heaven was. Remember that. He doesn't take us around tribulations. He drags us right through the middle of them. Right through the middle. And he's glorified for it. See? Folks, what you're seeing today and what you're going to see tomorrow in, in, in all, is in the persecution, in the line of persecution, in the line of trying to shut Christianity up, trying to discourage us. Folks, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's, it's, this tip of the iceberg is, it's hidden in, in phrases like separation of church and state. Folks, the Titanic was never sunk by the tip of the iceberg. It's what lies under the water that sunk the Titanic. 
And what lies under the water with us is not a separation of church and state. It is not. Underneath the water is a hatred for Christianity. There's a hatred for the gospel, and there is a hatred for Jesus Christ. Live with it. Understand it. And to know that Jesus is stronger than all of it. Mainstream press is not going to cover it. Don't look for it because they don't care. Don't look to the press for help. Help right there. Us being together right there is the help. Reaching a community, not worrying about the, the oppression, about the persecution, doing what we're supposed to do. Don't be hindered by, by the news. Don't be hindered by the ACLU. Don't be hindered by what people say. Don't be hindered by, a, by your family who says, what are you doing? Don't be hindered by this. Don't be hindered by your friends. Are we going to hide from it? No, we can't be hid from it. We need to continue Christ's calling on this church. On this church, this is what needs to be continued. Because folks, I'll tell you, our Lord is coming back. He's coming back. And of that I am assured I am assured that he's coming back. And when I stand before him, I would rather stand before him a martyr than to stand before him as one who denied him. I will not deny him. I will not deny my Lord. Why? Because he didn't deny me. did not. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for loving us. Lord, I know that, that we, <laughs> we are not worthy of you. But yet, you went and you prepared a place for us. And I know that, that paradise, I know that heaven is beyond anything that we can even imagine. And that we're going to run into persecution, we're going to run into problems on this earth. Father, in, in these end times, things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. And so, Father, let us stand for you. Let us be unified in you. And let us never, ever deny you on this earth. Father, we thank you for all that you have given us, all the opportunities that are before us. Let us con continue to think about the lives that will be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in your most precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.